Talk Radio 96.7. You got it. Right in the middle of the biggest ozone hole in the world. Bigger than the one that's in Antarctica. And it's right over your head. The Ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. Let's do it, Ronnie O. All right, at least this one really exists. So, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone, you're listening to us. You want to talk sports, you're in the right place. Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. A lot of football coming up this weekend, and you can hear it on the Hall Radio stations. The Gators are going to host LSU in Gainesville, 7 o'clock kickoff. 4 o'clock pregame. You can hear that on WONN, 1230 AM, 107.1 FM. Florida State hosts number four Clemson, 730 kickoff in Tallahassee, 530 pregame. Then Sunday, the Bucks are at the Steelers, 1 p.m. kickoff, noon pregame. Both the FSU and Bucks games can be heard right here on WLKF, 96.7, 1430 AM. Coach Joe? The Gators are two-and-a-half-point favorites in Gainesville, and people I don't think people know what to make of this game. Well, it, both teams are kind of in similar situations and they're in the way that they're rebuilding the programs. Uh, and as a result, you get two teams that can be kind of inconsistent. You don't quite know uh, how they're going to play on any given day. And sometimes within the same game, you get like with the Gators against Missouri – uh, they had a very uninspiring first half, yet they rushed for over 200 yards in the second half. And uh, Anthony Richardson looked like a different player between the first and second half. Uh, he was so much better then. And uh, so so and that's just between halves, much less from game to game. Uh, at the rate of their current status, the Gators uh, should be slight favorites. But the big question here is the LSU offense versus the Gator defense. The Gator defense has gotten to the point where they should be good enough to shut down LSU's offense, which isn't very good right now. LSU, to the extent that they're winning, are doing it with their defense, which is farther along in their in their growth. And so that now it becomes, can the Gators control the ball? Can they move the ball well like they have in some games and not in others? And uh, generally, the offense does seem to be getting better, but... Uh, bec- you know, you don't know what to make of it because you don't know what to make of these two teams. And it's going to be that way for both of them all season long. So it's going to be a close game. It's, uh, but I think at the end of the day, the Gators will pull this one out. Well, you know, you've got two four and two teams and five and two sounds a lot better than four and three. So you, like you say, you really don't know what to make of that. Now, in Tallahassee, Florida State on a two game losing streak are going to take on Clemson, who's undefeated, ranked number four in the country and yet they're only three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think Florida State has a real opportunity to beat Clemson. Um, DJ Uyunglele uh, is a guy that he can be inconsistent. Now, he's played pretty well recently, and I think if, if Clemson's able to run the ball and he can throw uh, a little bit on Florida State, I think Florida State's in for a long day. But I think Florida State, when you have a quarterback that can run like they do, that really just adds a dimension to your offense. Well, it helps. I don't understand why FSU's passing game isn't better. There's uh, a couple of very promising wide receivers uh, on that on that FSU team, and I've always liked their running backs on on them. And uh, you know, Travis is is a solid quarterback. Uh, 
But for whatever reason, uh, except for a little while against NC State and a little while against Wake Forest, they've been very inconsistent. And I don't know, maybe that's the offensive line problems, but the FSU hasn't moved the ball consistently. And if you've got to beat Clemson, you got to. I think you have to play a full, consistent game. They didn't do it against Wake Forest. They played well in the second half. They didn't do it against NC State. They played well in the first half. So, uh, you know, FSU is very up and down right now. I think they're better than I thought they'd be, but they're still not the complete team that's necessary to compete at a level that Clemson's playing at. Well, and you know, historically, they've been plagued by place-kicking problems. It continues to plague them. You know, they they went. I think the reason they threw that last interception is they didn't have faith in their place kicker. And you know, Wake Forest, they're one of those teams. The name certainly doesn't scare you. You think of Wake Forest as being a cupcake, a team that you roll your helmet out there and you beat them. They've got three-game winning streak over Florida State right now. And against Bobby Bowden, they had a three-game win streak at one point. Yeah, Wake Forest, and, and you, you always look at this in college football, they got a great quarterback, Sam Hartman. A really, He's really good. And, That's right. And so Wake Forest, behind him, is having a really good season. And and FSU don't have a great quarterback. He's, he's good, but he's not great. And, and you always have to look to the quarterbacks. Ronnie, you know uh, – uh, some of the results this week, you think they seemed like surprises, and then you realize, you know, with, uh, Arkansas getting beat as bad as they did, they didn't have their starting quarterback. Kentucky losing and looking mm-hmm. terrible, uh, they didn't have their quarterback. Alabama barely scraping by Texas A&M, barely <laughs> scraping by Texas A&M. They didn't have their quarterback. Uh, and and uh, it's all about quarterbacking so much. If you got a really good one and he's playing really well, that that takes care of a lot of problems. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking more football. So give us a call, 682-1430. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hey, this is Judd Davis, 1993 Lou Groza Award winner for the Florida Gators, and you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Ozone. Oh, Yeah. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right. I love cash. All right. Ronnie O and Coach Joe, give us a call. 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Coach Joe, in the AP and the coaches poll, still 13 undefeated teams in the top 25. Now, some of that's going to take care of itself because they play each other. But I tell you what, if I... For my money right now, I think Ohio State is the best team and should be ranked number one. Um, Georgia's had some slip-ups. They're still undefeated. Same thing with Alabama. But I think both of those teams have some chinks in the armor. And I think that they may end up losing. Same thing with Clemson. I think Michigan might be as good as any of them. And Tennessee is going to have an opportunity because they're going to play Georgia and Alabama so they're going to have a chance to prove their mettle. I think you're right about Ohio State. Uh, from from top to bottom in all phases of the game, they don't seem to have the, any any sort of weaknesses. And if you look at the remainder of their schedule uh, before the Michigan game, which can go either way because they're both good teams, the only uh, other game where I see Ohio State having to work for it is when they have to go to Penn State, which will be an interesting game. Uh, I think then we'll find out for sure uh, what Ohio State – 
is made of. You know, if, if they look strong in that game, then you got to feel real good about them. If Penn State beats them or makes them look vulnerable, then that op- that opens up that whole line of questioning there. And, yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head, though, about Tennessee. I, you know, this is hard for us to admit, but they, yeah. they, they're really good this year. Now, now, not so much defensively, but that offense is all but unstoppable at the moment. Uh, it, it Hooker should be in the Heisman consideration if he's not, because he, this is another example of how important quarterbacking is. He makes that go. He's that good. He's that much of a difference maker, and he's the reason why they may finally beat Alabama for the first time in 16 years this Saturday in a game that I can't wait to watch. You know, I'm going to be all over that one. But, uh, you know, Bryce Young, is he going to play or not? For Tennessee will beat Alabama if Bryce Young doesn't play. It's It could go either way if Bryce Young plays, but Alabama cannot beat Tennessee with without Bryce Young quarterbacking. Their, their backup quarterback can run pretty well. He's not a great passer. Maybe he will develop into one, but at the moment he's not. And uh, you got to score points to beat Tennessee. They are going to score. Alabama yeah. defense or not, Tennessee's going to score points. So, uh, yeah, if they get past Alabama, then that game with Georgia in November is going to be just like maybe the game of the year in the conference. No doubt. Well, um, Ohio State... They're going to host Iowa next weekend. They're off this week. Then the next weekend they'll they'll host Iowa. Then they go to Penn State. They go to Northwestern. They host Indiana. And here's a game that could be a trap game for them. November 19th at Maryland. The next week they play Michigan, and they host Michigan at the Horseshoe. That Maryland game, Maryland is just good enough that if you go in there and you're not ready – that could give them some problems. What do you think? I like, you know, uh, the quarterback at Maryland, Talia Tanglevoa, yeah. uh, to his brother. And uh, it's they do give teams fits. They, they gave Michigan everything Michigan could handle, and they're a very good team. And they're, they're not good enough to win the conference or win the division, uh, but uh, that, that's uh, a tough road game. Not quite as tough as Penn State, but... But you're right. If if Ohio State goes in there not ready or banged up or something like that, they 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 could be in for a big uh, big problem uh, in that game. Uh, you know, it, it's and as far as Iowa though, I think they're okay there. Uh, Iowa has a great defense and will make it difficult for Ohio State's potent offense. But Iowa's offense doesn't exist. I mean, they are li- the literal definition of half a team. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Tennessee could have that same problem. All right, they're going to play Alabama this weekend at in Knoxville. Then they get UT Martin, which shouldn't be any problem. And then they host Kentucky. Now, if Kentucky is healthy then, they are going to Tennessee will go the following weekend to Athens to play Georgia. Kentucky catch them looking ahead there. Well, it's all about Will Levis, you know, cuz he he can he can keep Kentucky in it. And they have the kind of offense that could stymie Tennessee's offense by holding onto the ball and 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 doing good ball control. So that that could be a problem. I have, I've not been impressed with Kentucky lately, uh, but they are banged up. And if they get healed and healthy, then that will be an interesting game. And Tennessee better not be looking ahead. It is a tricky schedule for them. I, I want to point this out, Ronnie, that you know if they do beat Alabama and Georgia and win the division and get to the championship game, they'd likely have to face Alabama a second time. 
And, and uh, even if they lost that game, or even if they lose to Georgia and end up not winning the division, uh, it's very likely that an 11-1 Tennessee team would be in the playoff. Yeah, and yeah. you know the, the conference commissioners are pushing for that 12-team playoff as early as next year, and I don't blame them. You know what? I think what they've realized is, hey, this is going to mean big bucks. And if you're the ACC, you're the Pac-12, Big 12, they're not getting the kind of money that the SEC is going to get, that the Big 10 is going to get. So that's a way for them to make up the revenue. And, you know, one of the things I don't like, I don't want a lot of voting in this. I want the conference champions to be automatically in it because I've said it a million times, the eye test is a euphemism for I don't like what happened on the field. I don't care what your eyes tell you if it's not golf. If one team scores 40 and the other 39, they won. They should be ahead of that other team, given everything else being equal. And another thing I think they're trying to do is I think they're trying to exclude, for television purposes, an example of like when you had Wake Forest and Georgia Tech in the ACC championship game. Not much interest in that. You know, a small school in Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, you know, hadn't been good in a while. So I'm not sure what kind of following they had. And I don't think they want, in a year where maybe a Wake Forest or a Georgia Tech wins a conference, maybe they're 10-2 and two or something like that, they don't want them in the playoff. Yeah, it's gonna. It's really hard. Uh, you know, a 10-2 Clemson team has an, or champions yeah. of the ACC would have an argument, but not so much Wake Forest, and, and, which is kind of too bad because Wake Forest can play with anybody. But, but you're right. It's, it's, they, don't have, they don't have the brand. Uh, be, for whatever reason, and and that's um, that's unfortunate, and that's why you know expanding the playoff is is the fairest thing to do. You know, it's interesting, Ronnie. I was just thinking about this in sports. There's this trend towards expanding the playoffs. You know, we're talking about the college football playoff expanding, and I think it needs to. Four teams isn't enough when you have five power conferences. Over a hundred teams, you know, if you're going to have a champion, you got to you got to have more than four teams make the playoff because then it comes down to a beauty contest. But think about all the other sports that are expanding their playoffs. Uh, most recently, the Major League Baseball has expanded their playoffs, and I, I don't know how, what you think, but I think in watching those wild card playoffs last week, this has worked well. This is exciting stuff going on right now. And by the way, if you're wondering, Houston did beat Seattle 4-2, to so the Seattle Mariners' magical run seems to be fading away after that three-run walk-off the, uh, the other day for Houston. Houston leads that series 2-0, but no Yankees-Guardians tonight. Uh, weather in New York's pretty bad. <laughs> but I was watching that Padres-Dodgers game last night, and the Padres made the playoffs, and the Phillies have made the playoffs because they were expanded. You know, those are the five yeah. and the six <laughs> wildcard teams. And they get, instead of having to play each other in a one-game do-or-die, they got the two out of three, and and uh, they moved on. And now they're giving Atlanta and the Dodgers fits as those series are tied one-to-one. -one, and it's exciting stuff. So that's worked. Uh, NBA expanded their playoffs. And that seems to be working, you know, because it, it makes the eight – it adds a couple extra teams but makes them play the other lower-ranked teams – for the right to move on. So I think that's a good idea. And NFL's done a similar thing where, and I think this is why college football expansion will work. If you have, if you have the higher ranked teams getting buys, they're rewarded for their accomplishments, and then you get, bring in extra teams, but now they've got to play their way through to the, to the higher levels. I think that's, that works. And the reason I bring it up is 
the one sport that does not need to expand its playoffs, Ronnie, college basketball. It is oh, I do agree. not 68 I agree. teams is plenty. Yes. Plenty. Do not go to 96. They keep talking about it. Why? Why? There's the the 69 through 96. Nobody's thinking, oh geez. Yeah. <laughs> if if you're not one of the 68, you haven't had a great season. You get their second chance in the conference tournament uh, it, to make up for the regular season. Yeah, if you don't can't, do it. You can't don't do it anyway. Don't do it. The other element I don't like of the proposed playoff is don't play teams. I want to see them play in a good environment. I don't want to see the on campus games. Because you're going to end up with a Wisconsin playing somebody in minus 12 degrees. You're going to get a Michigan <laughs> playing somebody in minus 12 degrees. Wouldn't want a playoff game in the swamp in, in, well, in December? I, man, I'd well, be there. <laughs> I mean, even that. I mean, I remember the Tangerine Bowl sure. in like 1973 when when it was like uh, 17 degrees or something like that. And uh, you know, I want to see it, a sterile environment where the teams on the field, decide the game. I don't want to see <laughs> rain. I don't want to see any of that stuff. There's enough domes around the, the world to, to be able to, to bypass that. But, you know, the, I, I can see why they want to do that. And, you know, of course, the schools are going to want to play on campus because they're going to sell tickets there, and they probably get a, a bigger cut of that. Yeah, well, if you're expanding to an extra round of playoffs, having them on campus – uh, from a logistics standpoint, makes a lot of sense. You know, there's only so many bowl games, and if you're uh, a fan of the team, you're talking about three major road trips. If you if you go if you have that third round, it's that's true. Uh, yeah, and, and that can and that can get uh, kind of inaccessible at some point. And and so there's a lot of there'd be a lot of charm in having them on campus. And I think from a weather perspective, I think the current plan would give the home team the, the option of playing somewhere nearby it you know uh, if if it's uh, in indiana they could play at lucas oil stadium or or they could play in one of those nearby domes depending on 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 what team was playing so so you can get around the weather issue so that weather doesn't uh, um you know overtake the the game but it's december i mean you know it might be cold in some places but uh uh you know, I don't. It's not January or February when the NFL is doing their playoffs <laughs> rounds. You know, you don't want to be in Cleveland then or any or uh, Buffalo. But, but uh, it, it's uh, it, I a, a one round at campus would I think be something that that would benefit the the playoff. Uh, as, you know, at sterile environments are are fine for the championship game. I suppose you know would, that way everything stays equal. Well, that that's what I would hope for. Right now. UCF leads Temple 14-13, mm. 6.43 left in the second quarter. I think that game is probably further along than that, and uh, maybe we can get an updated score here because um, I think UCF was about to score. They were down on about the six-yard line, and they were about to score on Temple. I don't think they're going to have any trouble with that. And uh, You know, they've got that John Rice Plumley that transferred from Ole Miss – Ole Miss had moved him to wide receiver. Now he's playing quarterback fairly effectively for UCF. Yeah, and uh, they did get the touchdown run. UCF 21, Temple 13, uh, with 4.45 to go in the half. All right, I thought thought that was probably true. And, um, you know, we were talking about the Astros and the Mariners, and as you said, the Astros have gone up 2-0 on them. And the Braves and the Phillies – 
you know, won one. It's exciting them, series. Yeah, both of them have <laughs> yeah. won one. And, uh, man, what a great pitch game that was last oh, night. man. The uh, Yeah, you know, obviously this time of year pitching is important, and the Braves have always gotten by on their pitching, but the Phillies pitching surprisingly strong, oh, they, wasn't they it? they did. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. one of the things I liked is I thought that John Smoltz did a good job doing the color. He told me things that weren't obvious, and I liked that about him. He was really very analytical about the game. And uh, you don't always get that in some of these color commentators. I wish that some of them would talk more about what they know. They know so much more than they're giving out, and I don't think that the play-by-play guy always gets that out of them. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have Jackie Patton with us, and she's got a unique story to tell. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7. Ronnie O and Coach Joe are in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. The number to call is 682 1430. That's 682 1430. And with us in studio is none other than Jackie Patton. Place kicker for the Kathleen Red Devils. Jackie, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here on the Ozone. Oh, man, we're so glad to have you tonight. Well, you not only play football, you try every sport out there. You've competed in track, you've competed in softball, now football. Is there anything you can't do? I haven't tried tennis yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackie, take us back your first kick. Take us from the time you walked onto the field and take us through the kick. Wow. That was a night. Um, it was actually November 13, 2020. Um, you know, you know, first the Friday night. You know. Who was it against? It was against Eastlake High School. It was our first playoff game. Of that season. Um, wow, what kind of pressure. Yeah, Playoff there was a lot game. of pressure. I was actually going to be set to kick in the uh, Lakeland game against our rival, but voting happened around that time, so I missed one day uh, to be actually eligible, eligible to be able to play. Um, so I actually went ahead and played in the playoff season. Wow. All right, take us through the kick. Okay, so we made that touchdown. Um, so we just took the lead against Eastlake. Uh, there was a lot of pressure going in. I just remember... Uh, at the time, it was Coach um, Kenny Strawn, um, and he, I just remember seeing him. He pointed right at me, and the boys all came over. They're like, Jackie, you're going in, you're going in. And I just remember walking into the field. Uh, the ref came over and asked me, you know, are you going to be kicking left or right today? And I just remember, <laughs> like, I'll be kicking right. Um, and everything just kind of went quiet. You know, I got into the zone, uh, really, and I remember just nodding at my uh, holder, who at the time was actually Jordan Gant. Um, and now he's, I want to say he's playing with Tennessee at the moment, but I just remember nodding at my placeholder, seeing the ball snapped, heard it, looked right down at the ball, didn't hear anything else, and just watched the ball go right into the uh, post. And just so hearing you, the, you knew it was good? I knew it was good. <laughs> I felt the, the thud of it. I, you know, I hit it right at that point, and I just knew, like, oh, I did it. <laughs> I did it. And the next thing you know, like, all the boys are going crazy. We're going on the field. It was insane. Like, the response from the team was just absolutely incredible. That is fantastic. Well, you said that you can kick left or right, but as I understand it, you kick right because your holder's more comfortable. Yes. That is, that's fantastic. Well, 
you've played soccer, you've played softball, you've run track. Now, you want to go to college, and uh, where do you want to go to school, and what do you want to study? So I've applied to a few schools already. Uh, right now I've applied to BYU, which is Brigham Young University. I've applied to the University of Florida. Go Gators. Yeah, Florida State University. <laughs> oh, no, no. no, no. <laughs> hey, if UF doesn't take me. Uh, and well, then, they de- definitely need kickers. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I went to one of their games, and I was like, oh, man, you know, he just kicked it a little to the left. And then I've also, I'm working on applying to George Washington University. And then for studying-wise, I'm looking into uh, getting my MBA in, you know, business and communications, or I'll do public relations and go more towards government. We're talking Kathleen High School football tonight, you know, Kathleen High, the home of Ray Lewis, and uh, our guest, Jackie Patton. (laughs) Two great, great football traditions at uh, Kathleen High School. So how how is the team this year? You know, the team's awesome. Um, You know, we went back from last year, which was really rebuilding after we lost a lot of our seniors. Um, But we have such a tight bond in that spirit of Kathleen, like the pride that we get being as a Red Devil is incredible. You know, we have our O-line, we have our defense. They're doing a great job, and we're really excited for our district game, which is actually tomorrow night, against one of our rivals, Lake Gibson. Oh, oh wow. That, that'll be a big yeah. game. Yeah, we, we've had uh, Lake Gibson coach on here a number of times. So, uh, you know, the uh, you, you guess you told your teammates and coaches that you're here tonight, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I told a few of them. They were 682-1430, guys. Call in and say hey to Jackie. That's right. 682-1430. I'm sure her presence has swelled our audience by millions. <laughs> a- a- at, least, <laughs> at least millions. Oh, now, Jackie, you... Geometrically. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, academically, you go to the Aerospace Academy, right? I do. I go to the Aerospace Academy. So are you going to be an astronaut? Um, actually, I'm a drone pilot. I was one of the first, yep, I have my Part 107, which is a commercial drone license. Um, I was one of the first, actually, to get that. And I currently am working on my second certification in technical design, which is being able to work with different companies like Airbus, even like Linder Airport. I know currently they're working with Tampa Bay International, you know, to help design things, you know, design things like winglets. You know, it's really critical that we have efficient um, designs that are able to take it to the next level and in the future. Well, you know Gene Conrad then. I do. Gene's well, awesome. Coach Joe and I coached football, flag football at HP. His son was the quarterback, and we won the Super Bowl. Did you really? Yeah, we Congratulations. did. Congratulations. We let That's him pour awesome. Gatorade on our heads. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it, though. <laughs> it's, wor- it's worth it. Uh, hey, you know, uh, Jackie, I bet you were a good soccer player, or are a good soccer player, aren't you? Uh, yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, I, I love talking about uh, girls' high school soccer. And my daughter recently graduated and, and played at Jenkins. Uh, the uh, Are you going to be playing for Kathleen? So actually this year I've made the decision to not play for Kathleen High School for girls' soccer. Uh, the main reason for that decision was back right after, actually less than a month, on uh, November 13th for my football season, um, I went ahead and I ruptured my ACL in a – soccer game, I actually was targeted and attacked by one of the players. Because last season, uh, my freshman year, I was all-county for girls' soccer. I actually led the record at Kathleen my freshman year with the most goals scored. It was about 18 goals. Wow. Um, when did you get hurt? It was November. It was December 7th, 7th of 2020. Wow, wow. You and I have a lot in common. When I was your age, you know, I was quite an athlete. I was third-team honorable mention all-neighborhood in football <laughs> and baseball. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. I can sign something for you afterwards. Really? Yeah. I definitely want to put that right on my wall. 
Remember my time on the Ozone. <laughs> uh, you are still playing though, for uh, club soccer, right? I am. I'm currently playing for Winter Haven, uh, Winter Haven Kicks. I used to play for Barto, but we kind of merged over, and my team kind of just started playing for Winter Haven. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, so that season, did they suspend it during the soccer season, right? Or do you play through that? So yes, right. Actually, I want to say the end of this last Saturday in October is when we're going to stop our competitive season, and we're going to go start focusing more on for high school season for the girls. What position do you play in soccer? So I play striker, midfield um, as well. But currently, after my ACL, my coaches really put me back in defense, um, just to kind of protect me there. And plus, you know, with having a football kick and being a striker, you get a very big difference on. You, <laughs> well, you got to have the big leg when you're playing in yeah, the back. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> You're the ones that clear things out. Well, is, is any thought about uh, playing, especially if you end up at a, a soccer hotbed like FSU or, or uh, someplace like that? Or uh, is that a potential plan for you? Uh, yes, it is. Actually, if I don't um, get recruited right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk on. So I'm gonna do my best to try out and to strengthen and just to try my best to walk on. You know, it doesn't hurt to try at least. Um, even even that FSU, if we want to go back to BYU was one of the best, same with Florida State. So mm-hmm. I'm just excited to be able to just keep trying. Well, Jackie, you, you also carry a 4.2 weighted GPA. So you've worked on the academic side as hard as you've worked in athletics. Someone like you who is very articulate, you're accomplished, you're fearless, you must have great parents to be able to do something like that. Oh, for sure, 100%. I love my parents. I'm so grateful for everything they've done for me to really support me push me through and help me accomplish my dreams give me an example of something that maybe you were fearful of doing that your parents inspired you to do and you were able to overcome an obstacle um i would say playing football uh from a very young age uh, my parents were huge football fans (laughs) my mom taught me how to catch and throw my dad (laughs) taught me routes he taught me how to punt the ball you know i'm standing there as a three-year-old being able to tell you guys you know hey, coach, put that guy in, you know, yelling from the TV screen. And that's where my dream really came from, being able to play, because um, I always wanted to be the first female to play in the NFL, which hasn't happened yet. Okay, it has not happened yet. Uh, but my parents really did help me push to believe in my dreams, because even though no one was really doing it at the time, um, they told me that, for sure, you can still play. Just because you're a girl doesn't mean that you can't play. Had you played football in, uh, as a youth or, or in flag football leagues or anything like that? So I kind of just played pickup games, you know, with friends, family. And, you know, when we ever have those church events, you know, we had like the tur- our own turkey bowls. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, do the boys get upset when you outdo them? You know, I'm going to have to think about that later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could have used her as a punter. If we could have had her out at HP, oh, she, it's all over the field, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling yeah, you, we'd have, we'd have, we'd have uh, won it more easily. You know? That's right, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh man, well, talk about um, your range as a field goal kicker. What, how far can you kick one? Well, before my ACL, I definitely was able to hit at 35 at least. Um, since then, I've been able to strengthen. You know, trying to get back. For sure, I've been able to do PATs. Um, I'm looking probably right now, probably back at the 20, 25, 30-yard range right now. And what about, tell us about your the rehab on an ACL for somebody in your situation. You know, truly, I, I don't feel like anyone can understand the full extent of an injury like that unless it actually happens to you. Um, earlier on in that year, actually, May 15th, I had my first knee surgery, which is just a lateral release. 
for my left knee, the same knee that actually uh, got blown out. Um, so an ACL injury was completely ruptured during the game. So they basically I took out my hamstrings, which according to my surgeon were the size of a six foot male. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of shocked him a little bit. They kind of just put it back into my knee. And so I've been strengthening back my hamstrings to grow them back and strengthening back my knee. So going to physical therapy a few times a week. A lot of squats then, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the key. <laughs> that's what they tell me anyway. <laughs> yeah. And knowing how to do squats correctly. Cause otherwise you'll hurt your hip. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, for for a place kicker, uh, it's uh, we've had them on the show before, and they always talk about you know you, you got to be careful because you can wear out your leg pretty fast. Uh, what's a typical practice routine like for you? So I actually take about ten minutes to do really good stretching because um, I have experienced if I just try to rush in there, you know, because I'm so excited to play, I'm gonna get hurt. You know, I'm gonna hurt my hip or I'll hurt my quad or something. Um, so really good stretching, learning how to do stretching properly. Um, and then, so I, you know, I get down that stretching, get down that move, the momentum of like, you know, getting maybe a lap in just to run. Um, and then, you know, I don't even put the ball on my, um, on my stand when I kick at first, I just put my stand up there, take my steps back, take my steps to the side and just mentally thinking about kicking the ball, you know, cause I don't want to injure my hip at the very beginning of a first kick. So I kind of take a few practice swings and then I start getting into, you know, do my routine of just, you know, going back by PATs and then going down the 20-yard line and things like that. Now, do you have to alter your weight program or your workout programs when you go from soccer to football? I mean, I guess it depends on the day because um, sometimes in football, if we're wanting to do heavy lifting, then we'll do heavy lifting, you know, really focus on quads, um, Achilles, things like that. But soccer, I mean, I guess it's the same, truly, because, you know, we're both using our, our feet in generally. Well, Jackie, we certainly appreciate you coming by tonight. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. And uh, we love to have youngsters on who have accomplished. And with your academic side, your athletic side, we're really proud to have you on tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks, Jack. All right. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Vic Belmonte, Gator Stolen Base King and ESPN Color Analyst. I'm not sure why, but you're listening to Ronnie O in the Ozone. Hey, we're glad you're doing it, too. Talk Radio 96.7 with Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. And let's do it, Ronnie O. All right, that was my old buddy and classmate from the University of Florida, Nick Belmonte. Yes, sir, E. Bob. All right, I hear him. Those stomachs are growling. Your dialing fingers are itching. You cannot wait for that $30 gift certificate to I'm Miller's hungry, Lakeland Ale right. House. Hungry, Eric hungry. is always hungry. You know, the guy, and he eats like a steam shovel. Never invite him to dinner. You won't get anything to eat. Isn't there another way? No, there is not. There is not. <laughs> All right, the number is 682-1430. That's 682-1430. If you know the answer and you haven't won in the last six months, give us a call and you could go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House and you'll have that $30 gift certificate. And with our sports quiz tonight, Jackie, what have you got? All right, sports quiz tonight. Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, turns 80 today. He played in a national championship team in college. Who's the team? A, Arkansas, or B, Texas? If you know the answer, give us a call. The number is 682-1430. Again, the number is 682-1430. You ever been to the Ale House, Jackie? 
I've not. Oh, well, you, oh, you love it. Go. Those strategically located TVs are perfect for watching college football <laughs> yeah, on Saturday. They and they have 40 of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every, every wow, game 40. that's on TV, you'll be able to watch. So it's definitely <laughs> definitely worth it. And it's, it's a family-type atmosphere, too. It's, uh, you know, they, uh, they, and they treat you really well there. Uh, um, they, they got uh, our, our good buddy Dax and, of course, Jorge, uh, the uh, general manager, and uh, – uh, Ashley's there. You know, these are the people who take care of me when I go. <laughs> Ronnie's probably got his own his own table there as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, did, Jackie, did you get to use your drone skills to help out with the hurricane cleanup down in Pine Island? I understand. I did. Uh, actually, it was quite an eye-opening experience to be able to use my uh, drone license that I got from the Aerospace Academy and to help get an actual visual of the damage that's going on down there. Well, what's it, what was it like down there? It was very devastating. It was very heartbreaking to see everyone's homes just completely washed away, roofs blown off. Mm. It couldn't have been easy being down there. It might have been even been a little dangerous. Huh? It was. We actually had a power line come down when we were working on the houses in Pilot Island that trapped us for about four to five hours. Ooh. Oh, man, that's terrifying. Yeah. But those linemen were able to get us out, so we're very grateful for their work. Wow. Jackie, go ahead and read that sports quiz once again. We don't have a winner yet. This is easy. It's, it's multiple choice, and you only have two choices. <laughs> All right, so the question is, Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, turns 80 today. He played on a national championship team in college. Is it A, Arkansas, or B, Texas? There you go. I can't believe Jerry Jones is 80. You know? I'm telling you. Ronnie, somebody older than you. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's That's hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> He's still among us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was Amazing. back there in the leather helmet days. <laughs> Way back in, in the day. Yeah, me and Henry Ford, you know, we were good buddies back in the day. So, well, give us a call, 682-1430. I know you're hungry. I know you're thirsty. And they have drinking meal specials every night of the week. That $30 goes a long way unless you invite Eric to go with you, and then you get nothing to eat because he eats it all. You got a problem with that? <laughs> See, that's the kind of guy he is. Have you ever seen him eat, Joe? Oh my goodness! Well, you can't see; it's too fast. You know, <laughs> sparks are flying. They got to wear special safety goggles when you're around him with a knife and fork. <laughs> and he never invites you to have any of it. You know, he's always got <laughs> these seven course meals, and you walk in. You know, you're drooling and yeah. Jackie Eric is a very Jerry. Jackie Eric is a very wealthy and important man who can buy and sell all of us uh, at a whim. And but occasionally he lets us over to his house. You know, to, to serve him at his big fancy palatial parties and stuff. And, uh, so you tell me get on his good side, right? Oh, oh exactly. He, he basically exactly. runs everything. So, you know, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, he, he, he could turn out our lights just, you know, with a snap of a finger. So, yes, definitely get on his good side. And then, you know, then you can write your own ticket at that noted. point. Yeah, noted for sure. Well, at halftime, UCF is running away with it. UCF 35, Temple 13. At the half. That was the last four minutes. <laughs> on fast. Oh, man. We used to have a, a saying in flag football, and I use this quite a bit, is that um, when we were on defense, we'd say, call the baker because we need a turnover. And uh, there must have been some turnovers in that game. <laughs> the baker must have been working hard at the bounce house over in Orlando. Oh, for sure. Hey, when's the next game, Jack? Uh, tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. at Lake Gibson. Oh, wow. All right. Well, Virgil Ramage Stadium. Yep. It's yeah. going down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're number 30, right? I am. I'm number 30 on the field. Okay. Man, I'll tell you what. Um, that That's a big game. I know that's a huge rivalry because Lake Gibson 
came of age, they were carved out of the uh, Kathleen district. So I know that there's a lot of, I don't know if it's animosity, but there's a lot of competition in that game. And some of our former players are on that team, too. So they, oh, really? Yep, they transferred to Lee Gibson, so it's a little personal. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Well, give us a call, 682-1430. we still got that sports quiz out there, and we'll hang around for a little while. So 682-1430, that's the sports quiz. If you want to go out to Miller's Lake Lanale House and eat $30 worth on us, all you got to do is call 682-1430. Again, Jackie, thank you so much for coming in tonight. It's been a pleasure having you on with us, and um, we'll look forward to having you in the future. We'll let you come and hang out with us again. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. All right. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone.